Welcome to the Operate Intelligently podcast, the podcast for all things operations. We have a great topic to talk about and guest Paul Achance, Senior Manufacturing Advisor here at Dude Solutions is joining us to talk about exponential technologies. Paul, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks, Brian. It's always great to be here. So, Paul, exponential technologies are are definitely something uh, we have to keep up with. So, Paul, how can you keep up with changes in new technologies in industry today? Well, the whole concept of exponential technologies, which is sort of a different way of saying the fourth industrial revolution or industry 4.0, is a whole series of different um, technologies that we're going to start to see in our everyday life, in our personal life as well as in our, in our business lives and in our, our company lives as well. And anytime I like to talk about exponential technologies or industry 4.0, I, I always like to uh, paint a little bit of a picture about where we are in time. Um, and I, I think some of this stuff is, is very telling about how fast things are changing. And I'm going to kind of go in a different direction here. You try to try to hang with me on this because um, I don't think you probably have talked about, say, dinosaurs much in your previous podcast, but it's easy to see where we are in a map, but do we know where we are in time? For example, on this planet, we've had, we've had life on this planet for hundreds and hundreds of millions of years. The first brain life, and if there are anybody on this podcast who are scientists or anthropologists, and I have these dates wrong, I apologize. I'm doing this more for directional and to, to prove a point, but for about 550, 600 million years, we've had life on this planet that had some version of a brain. Dinosaurs have been here 200 plus million years, 230 plus million years. We've had human-like people on this planet for more than two and a half million years. And we as a species, Homo sapiens, have been on this planet for at least 200 to 300,000 years. The, the, the fossil evidence shows that. Where it really becomes interesting is we as humans on this planet and how fast things are moving. For the first 200,000 years we were here, uh, it's not a really correct phrase, but we we say the Stone Age. And I'm going to use that phrase for now, where we basically hunter-gatherers, we figured out how to utilize fire uh, repeatedly. We got great with stone tools. We got to the point where we started making some paintings on caves. You know, that was was the progress we made over 200,000 years. But if you look at the last, say, 10,000 years, that's when we became an agricultural society. And that's where things really started to settle down, societies formed. The first industrial era started only 200 years ago. So now you start to see this real compression of time. The last 200 years have changed the face of how we as humans are on this planet. Now look at the technology era. 60 years ago, approximately, when the first computers, and they filled a gymnasium, they were so big and still had an incredibly small fraction of the power that we have in our own personal devices, watches, and so forth. But that was only 60 years ago. And what's really exciting and where these opportunities exist is what's going to happen next. So you see this compression of time. These exponential technologies that we're going to start to see are not going to take 60 years to become commonplace. I agree. Exponential technologies are rapidly increasing and, uh, you know, the computers are a great example of how that's happening. So what are some of the top technologies that you're excited about today? I'll focus more from the standpoint of, say, the manufacturing environment, um, how factories work, and especially as it relates to maintenance operations and maintenance software. But 
there are numerous ones, but the ones that excite me the most that are probably going to have a sooner impact or a higher impact. Well, the, the big one that we've, we've been talking about for several years now is the industrial internet of things. And that's a technology that's been around a while. We won't really talk much about in this, today's conversation, um, but others that are part of that grouping are things like artificial intelligence, including m machine learning, advanced analytics, the interface of things. The interface of things are, include uh, I, items such as virtual reality, augmented reality, assist, assisted reality, wearables, gesture recognition, all of these areas are going to have an impact on us. But down the road later, and again, I'm speaking more specifically to maintenance operations, but things like 3D printing, additive manufacturing, to be able to print up spare parts, blockchain, cybersecurity, <laughs> digital design, um, all these things which are gonna have varying impacts in different ways are going to change the way that we do maintenance as we move forward. Paul, those are some interesting technologies. How can these be used to kind of create efficiencies? Let's go through a couple of examples how these technologies are going to make our lives better. Let's start off with the interface of things. You know, that's a different IoT. I'm not talking about the Internet of Things, the sensors. That's an amazing technology, but the interface of things. So um, we'll, we'll go through a couple of examples. Uh, the interface of things is typically wearables, uh, virtual reality headsets. Uh, headsets, augmented reality headsets, or assisted reality. Assisted reality is a good example, and that's probably one of the one of the closer ones that will, will impact us day to day. So these are those devices that you kind of wear, maybe with your hard hat. It has a little heads-up display, a little teeny monitor that's in eye view that you can kind of flip up when you don't need it. It also will have a camera, a microphone, a little, it's basically a little portable um, computer that you wear um, as a rig. And some of the great uses of this are things like remote mentorship. I, as a technician, say I've got to go work on an asset, and I've got to climb a ladder to get up and above this asset. And I'm young. I can go up there. I don't know a lot about this asset. I haven't worked on it a lot. But my boss, who knows more about it than anybody in the entire company, she's got bad knees. She can't go up that ladder anymore. She's in her office. So I can climb up that ladder. I can peer into this asset, and my boss can be back at her desk, see what I'm seeing, and kind of coach me through the process and say, okay, I need you to remove that screw on that cover and open it up. And she's like, here, I'm going to throw up on your screen a schematic of exactly where that is. And then while you're working on it, you can have this interaction with your supervisor who's back in her office and look at a lockout tagout procedure or look at a preventive maintenance procedure or see the part that you have to replace and put it in there, record it all. And so it's essentially a hands-free mobile maintenance operation where you're interacting with other people in your organization. It's great for the aging workforce. It's just a great way to get maintenance done as we're starting to onboard this younger generation of people who are working on those. So that, that's one good example. It, you can take it to the whole next level with augmented reality. It's a similar concept, except augmented reality headsets they're headsets that you can see through. You can see your field of vision. And you, you may know the phrase Google Glasses. That was a, mm -hmm. an early generation augmented reality headset. And there's a whole new generation of these things coming out, especially as these processors get faster and our ability to process this data get more. But as a technician, I can be looking at an asset and you know, I'm looking at it in physically in front of me, 
But in my field of view, what, what has been augmented is maybe the part that I need to replace as part of this PM to digitally highlighted in my field of view. So I know specifically where I need to remove those bolts or where I need to replace that filter. And say I go and go touch the wrong area, I might get some sort of an alert. So it can really coach me as a maintenance operations professional to really approach that preventive maintenance, that corrective maintenance, that work on that asset much safer, less risk, quicker, all through this concept of augmented reality. So th- that, those are some examples of day-to-day. Yeah, when you started describing that ex- uh, first example, Google Glasses came to mind. And uh, I, I think it's really interesting because when, you know, Google Glasses had a huge splash, but, you know, a lot of it was looking at like the cool factor and, and you know, now you have, um, you know, a computer on your glasses. But in reality, a lot of the real world applications beyond the consumer are kind of what you described, being able to do field work or positions that require, you know, extreme circumstances like climbing up a ladder or getting in tight spaces, which a lot of facility management people have to do. And, and being able to have that coach on the line, getting the data, not having to carry that stuff in with you and, and getting a flashlight out and all the, the kind of cumbersome act of, of physically doing the work. Yeah, that's a good example. And, and, and you know, Google Glasses was an early generation, and there's a whole new crop of this technology. And as computers get faster, and part of the exponential technologies are all around um, high-performance computing and, and better data processing, and because it takes a lot to make these things work. We need these things to go faster. But that's happening, and you think about that compression of time where, um, where these technologies are getting less expensive, more powerful, faster. And again, I, I really look at um, the interface of things. It's the whole next generation of mobile. You're not going to have to pull your, your mobile device, your phone, out anymore. You're going to be able to do a lot more things with gesture recognition, hands-free, um, by seeing your augmented reality and so forth. We've got an exciting programming announcement for our listeners. There's another Brian at the Do that will be joining the podcasting family. I want to welcome Brian Andreco to come in and tell us a little bit about his new programming. Thanks, Brian. Got some uh, really exciting news. So we're actually launching a new series called the GovGab Radio Podcast. Um, We'll be talking to civic leaders around the country, small population, the very large cities, a lot of mayors and city managers, just folks that are really out there trying to improve their communities, um, looking at challenges that may be coming up and and how do they actually solve those. So some really neat stuff and excited to share that with everyone. Sounds great. How can people tune in to GovGab Radio? Yeah, so actually it'll be slotted underneath the Operate Intelligently podcast um, every other week. Uh, So every two weeks, uh, you'll see it as a series for GovGab Radio. So definitely uh, encourage everyone to check it out. I think there'll be some great takeaways from it. Sounds awesome. Looking forward to it. Thanks, Brian. Those are some good examples of day-to-day, but but there are other examples for week-to-week. sort of how are you going to use these exponential technologies, artificial intelligence and machine learning, again, with a more powerful computers, more data to work with, these, these more intelligent algorithms that our CMMS software vendors can work with can start to set up, say, more true predictive maintenance, auto-setting reorder points for parts based on usage, going through a ton of data to on the fly and dynamically calculate those things real time, Typically, that's always been done as a specialized project offline because of the processing that's needed. 
Same thing with calculating upper and lower boundaries and thresholds on failure rates so you can know when you need to uh, create a work order dynamically and it, all in the name of efficiency. But this concept of um, these exponential technologies around AI, machine learning, advanced analytics are going to take what we've done historically for years in CMMS, look at reports and, and so forth, but take them to a whole nother level given the power of, of, of what these computers, these algorithms, and the access of this data give us. I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, I mean, we're definitely seeing it in other industries around data and decision-making, uh, so it's, it's just a matter of time. So how can listeners kind of prepare for, you know, the rapid change and, and what's coming with exponential technologies? You know, preparing for what's coming, there, there's, there's a couple ways I like to look at this. First off, that the rate in which change is happening, that's that compression of time. That's why I talk about that dinosaur stuff at the beginning. And you have to be thinking about these changes and when they're coming. And, and, and you really need to rely on a number of ways to get to that information. Trust your software vendors to be looking at this stuff. Spend time to look and read articles. But I like to break it down into, say, see differently, think differently, and do differently. So when you're seeing things, um, you really need to cultivate an outside-in perspective. Uh, most manufacturers or large organizations, I like to use the analogy, it's like an aircraft carrier. They've been, they've been steaming along. They've been doing it uh, for probably decades with success. Um, to steer that ship, it takes a while. These exponential technologies, Industry 4.0, Fourth Industrial Revolution, whatever you want to call it, these changes are coming fast. And... Traditional manufacturing organizations, they need to see and recognize this stuff. It's going to be difficult for them to do it internally on their own. You need to have an outside-in perspective. So that may mean adding talent that have experience around this. That may mean really paying attention to what your vendors, your technology vendors like Do Solutions and CMMS and so forth are talking about and looking at. You got to identify opportunities where some of this technology might help. Some of the obvious ones are on, like, say, IoT. Why do you let your asset crash and burn, and that's when maintenance gets alerted? Why not let it tell you? Why not let it tell your work order system that it's in distress way in advance of major problems like that? Well, that's an awesome opportunity to identify where you can do better. But you got to create a vision that blends this innovation, continuous improvement, all with profitability in mind so you can see things differently. Yeah, it's definitely a challenge. And, and I think the outside-in approach is great because, you know, you have to be able to, to kind of look at it and say, you know, is this really going to benefit? Does this have application within what we're doing? Um, versus, you know, the shiny object syndrome where people are like, hey, there's this great new technology. We need to use it. But is it the right technology for us? Does it fit? what we're doing in, in our specific business case scenarios. Well, that's a very good point, because the, the next thing is think differently. And, and that comes with solid research and planning. You, you don't just trust this stuff to happen. You, um, you have to have solid research and planning. You have to have re resources and people around you internally and, and your trusted partners. This change is good. You have to embrace this change that's not easy when you're trying to steer a massive aircraft carrier that, you know, you're looking at some fairly radical changes and it's going to take some time, but you, that solid research and planning and thinking differently, but eventually you're going to do differently. And I'm a big believer in thinking big, but starting small. I think mm -hmm. most people would agree that quick wins will foster cultural change. 
So say that do do that IoT example. The IoT example, it, it's a wonderful way. It's got proven ROI. It will be better for your maintenance operations. Start with a with an area that in the in the world of exponential technologies in industry 4.0 that is becoming a bit more mature than some of these areas. But that'll that'll kind of get you to start seeing how when you can harness that data coming from those assets to tell you when to maintain them that you can start to make some continuous improvements and small changes. And then you can tackle things like, you know, it'll be easier to take on and say an augmented reality initiative when time is right. You don't have to be on the bleeding edge or even really the cutting edge for any mm -hmm. of this stuff, but you should be watching closely, identifying those opportunities, see differently, think differently, and eventually do differently. And that's where you're gonna see that those exponential technologies will really show. There is great data that is really showing that organizations that focus on R&D around efficiencies, which that will always start to tie into some of these technologies, exponential technologies in one form or another. But the organizations that do spend that, that, those dollars, that investment of time, energy, and people into these things, relative to their competitors, they perform better. This isn't just a um, academic exercise. It isn't just cool like Google Glasses were uh, eight years ago, whenever it came out. But this this has proven ROI at this point. Yeah, I would agree, and I and I like your approach because it's like that crawl, walk, run approach where yeah, you don't have to really kind of buy the whole kit and caboodle. You know, test with small pieces, pilot small programs, and and kind of get the value and learning to to make you much better informed and aware going down the road as you kind of get deeper and deeper into it. Yeah, and I, I completely agree. And, and again, you, you can't emphasize that most people are too busy with their day-to-day -day operational jobs to be studying this stuff. So you either have to create that as a role within your organization, um, but absolutely look and trust your vendors. Like we focus on CMMS and we focus on maintenance management software for our customers. That is... There are a lot of elements and inputs and in, in areas that touch on that, including mobile devices, IoT sensors, and all these other things like 3D printers, the ability to just print up a spare part as opposed to having to keep it stocked. I mean, that's got amazing um, ROI potential in reducing inventory stock quantities on hand and, and, and stock outages when you have a stock out, and all these kind of things that show great ROI. But software, your software partners, they are, we, we are watching this kind of stuff and can help coach our customers to understand it. That's great information, Paul. And if you want to learn more about exponential technologies, Paul will be doing a webinar upcoming called Laying a Foundation for Maintenance Excellence Today and Tomorrow. We will have a link in our show notes if you want to participate. Um, Paul, thank you again for coming in and talking a little bit about the future of exponential technology and, and how uh, our listeners can benefit from it. Uh, and as always, a great talking to you. Thank you, Brian. It's great being here. And until next time, I'm Brian McDonald coming to you from Dude Solutions. Thank you for listening to the Operate Intelligently podcast produced by Dude Solutions. You can reach us by emailing dspodcast at dudesolutions.com or check us out on the web at dudesolutions.com.